Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're thrilled to have Kevin Palmieri as our special guest. Kevin is the founder and co-host of the Next Level University podcast. Early in his life, Kevin found success, but after a brush with suicide, he realized he wasn't living a life he truly wanted. He became passionate about self-improvement and decided to make it his purpose in life to impact as many people as possible by becoming a role model, podcaster, and speaker. He succeeded to make his podcast one of the top 100 with over 950 episodes which is listened to in over 120 countries. He's taken his life to the next level and achieved both personal and professional success. Kevin, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We always like to start by asking what you do when you want to expand your thinking. Well, number one, thank you both so very much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, What do I do when I want to expand my thinking? You know what I really do? I try to reflect I try to reflect on the last five years and how much my life has changed. And one of the things I really do is I ask myself this simple question, what is something that I do every single day that at one point I thought was impossible? That really helps me lock in, okay, your reality now is a lot different than you thought it would be. Why can't your future reality be a lot different than you think it's going to be? That really, really helps me. I Hey, Kevin, we're so happy you're on. (laughs) I... Love that question. I love, usually we ask questions like in, in our, in, I asked him to my son, like, what are you grateful for today? What good thing happened to you today? But that question of what am I doing right now that I couldn't have done five years ago? I never would have thought that is such a great question because it really puts it into such perspective because you get used to doing what you're doing and you think I've always done it this way. Maybe. Yeah. I think questions are are one of the most important things in the world because when you ask yourself a powerful, intentional question and you can answer it in a powerful, intentional way through a higher awareness, you can get better results. And I really think that as human beings, many of us, myself included, definitely in the past, I was afraid to ask myself certain questions. Am I truly happy in this relationship? Am I living the life that I want to? Is that decision something that would make my future self proud? Those questions are challenging to answer, but I do believe through that challenge comes progress. Oh, and questions. I mean, you changed that just a simple question can change everything. Mm. And just by asking it, you change the conversation. So even if someone says, well, that's a dumb question, or why'd you ask that? It doesn't matter. You've kind of changed that. The people who have heard the question and you've changed yourself 
And just, and you don't even know, it could be a year from now where someone goes, huh, Kevin asked me that question. Was I really happy? Or is this serving me well, this relationship? And you know what? He's, I don't like, no, it's not. And so I'm going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So I love all those questions. And I can't wait to ask you the big one that we love to ask, Kevin, because I have a feeling I might know what you're going to talk about because it might have been in your bio. Um, We like to set it up sometimes. Um, So what is that big, uh, the change, the decision that you made that changed the, or was made for you that was, uh, that changed the trajectory of your life? Yeah, that's that is a, a wonderful, impactful question. So I was in my mid twenties, and I had just made a hundred thousand dollars at the age of twenty six, and I thought that I was going to be super happy. I thought I was going to be super fulfilled. I thought my anxiety was going to go away. I thought my depression would go away. I thought all my insecurities would go away, but nothing really changed other than the amount of money in my bank account and. My job that I was doing at the time required so much travel, and I was just on the road every single week. Um, the longest I was on the road or the the most allotted time was I was on the road for 10 months out of 12. So every single week I was living in hotels. And after I made that money, everything shifted because I didn't care about my job anymore. I realized this isn't success, this isn't happiness, and this isn't fulfillment. But I wasn't able to leave my job yet. So the the year after I made that money, I was still on the road. I was spending so much time on the road, living out of my suitcase. And the day that really changed my life, I woke up at 5.15 in the morning. My alarm clock went off. I was working in New Jersey, which was six hours away from my home in New Hampshire. And the best way to explain it is that morning, it was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one was on a different station. And one was saying, you're stuck at this job forever, even though you want to leave. One was saying, if you do leave, what will your friends think? If you do leave, what will your family think? And if you do leave, are you really going to go start and be a successful podcaster? Is that something that's really going to happen for you? And in that moment, I felt like if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. Now, the thing that I did that I think really helped me and reflecting back was one of the best decisions is I leaned into humility and I messaged my now business partner, who was just a friend at the time. And I said, Hey, I need help. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't know what's going on. I'm having these dark thoughts. And he said something that really helped me. He said, Kev, over the last few years, so much has changed in your life, but your environments have remained the same. I think it's time for you to change your environment. And then I ended up leaving my job and going full-time into what we're doing today. But I think it was through the humility of saying, look, I don't know it all. I definitely don't know what to do here. Let me ask somebody who I believe knows. And I'm very, very grateful that I asked the person I did, Alan, and he went on to be my co-host and my business partner for the last five years. Wow. And so Kevin, you were 20, you said 26 at the time? Yes. So first of all, your brain just fully formed at 25. Mm-hmm. So you were having all this success. What kind of career were you in? And did you think as you were growing up, like this was the goal, 
this was the career? Like, take us back before you were 26 and kind of how you were planning your life then. Mm, Yeah. So I was a foreman for a weatherization company. So all that means is our job was to get contracts through the state or the government. And we would go into schools, fire stations, police stations, town halls, and make the buildings more energy efficient. That was Mm -hmm. our job. So we do work in attics. We would work on windows and doors and all sorts of different things. And honestly, that job was kind of a lucky break for me. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. All my friends went to college after high school. I didn't. I jumped from a gas station attendant to I cleaned floors in a hospital and I was a forklift operator. I was a truck driver. I was a personal trainer. I was many, many different things. I never had any idea of what I wanted to do in the world, but I knew I wanted to make a lot of money because I assumed that money would bring freedom and freedom would bring, or at least freedom would fill the void of the things that I felt that I didn't have. I I grew up in a lower middle-class home. I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. So I think I've always had this chip on my shoulder for, I have to be successful, whatever that version of success means to me. And I thought it was making a lot of money. And then when I realized it wasn't, I had to go back to the drawing board. But I definitely did not reverse engineer that level of success. I feel like much of that was just me putting my my head down and grinding it out, but I did not plan that and I did not expect that to happen, no. Yeah, because I think, well, especially if you, I mean, especially as a male, you are told you will be happy when you achieve that monetary success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's the be all end all. Like that's what we revere. That's who we love. We talk about billionaires all the time. They're gods. You get the money, everything will be fine. And so you're striving. And so to your point, you get the money and then you look, oh, well, this isn't fulfilling at all. Mm-hmm. Like what, what, what is this? And I love your analogy of the, uh, the vision of the 10 TVs in your head and they're all playing different things. And you are like, well, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So you're 26, you're sitting, you have this humility. Was it hard for you, Kevin, before to ask for help? Cause that's a big ask of just, just going, I don't know what to do. Um, were you good at asking for help or would, did this situation kind of push you into, I really need to, to ask my friend. I think it was a unique thing because this friend was actually kind of a mentor for me and I didn't realize it at the time, but he, it was easy for me to ask him for help because I think for the first time I actually thought he had the answers. I really believe at a deep level that if you don't know who you're asking for help, it's a lot harder to actually ask for help. And this is the other thing too. If you assume there's going to be any negativity, there's going to be any judgment, there's going to be any pushback, it's going to be way harder to ask. So I definitely was not good at asking for help, but I do believe that he made it very safe for me to feel like I could ask for help and I wouldn't get any negativity back. So I definitely wasn't good, but he was good at making me feel like I could be. That's amazing. Mm. So you ask for help, which again, especially as society, we don't really tell our, the males Mm. or anyone really to ask for help, right? Like we don't, it's not usually kind of a core competency that we teach, um, especially that around humility and asking. So you ask for help and then take us to, you hear this beautiful advice. And so what is the environment that then 
you said, I do need to change these things. And how did you start going about changing it? Yeah, it happened. All things considered, I feel like it happened pretty, pretty quickly. So after that conversation with him, three, I think it was like three or four months later, I left my job. I remember I was in the gym with him. I was in the gym with Alan. We were working out because we were podcasting together at that point. We started hanging out more and we said, look, we're both podcasters. Let's do this podcast together. And I said, all right, let's see what happens. And we were in the gym and I remember my work calling and saying like, Hey, are you going to come in to work? And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not coming in. It, It was this whole thing where they got the schedule confused and we had a podcast interview and I chose the podcast over my job. And that ended up to me, that ended up me leaving. But I remember what happened was in a weird way, it was like there was a weight lifted off my shoulders of, I can sleep in my own bed tonight. I can sleep in my own bed all, you know, moving forward. But then the other heavy weight was put on my shoulders of, okay, well now you have to find a way to, to make a business, grow a business and make money. So in a unique, in a unique thought process for me, I already had a pretty good environment outside of work. I lived with one of my best friends. He was an entrepreneur. One of my other best friends was an entrepreneur. And I had very much gotten rid of any negativity in my life. So I think what it was for me is it allowed me to stay longer in the environment of podcasting, speaking, coaching, being an entrepreneur, where I didn't have to do it Saturday and Sunday and then go back to work on Monday. I could just do it full time. And I think that was a really important piece of the puzzle for me. I didn't necessarily change anything else for my environment, but what I changed was what I was focusing on the most. Mm -hmm. Well, and how did you do, you already said that you removed the negative forces in your life. And I think, especially some of our listeners, they're kind of maybe stuck sometimes with how do you kind of surround yourself with the people you kind of want to be, right? So you're already surrounding yourself with that entrepreneur. And so how much easier it was for you to step into that because you saw it modeled. So if you don't mind, take us back just a smidge on how did you know to remove some kind of negative influences in your life before this even happened? Yeah, I had this very interesting thing happen to me where I was dating a girl and she said, hey, I haven't met your friends yet. I'd love to meet your friends. And I said, cool, awesome. Let's come over. We'll have a cookout. You can meet my friends. You can meet my roommate. You know, We'll do a, an introduction. It'll be awesome. And then I started to kind of preface and give an outline of my friends so she would know what to expect. And I said, one of my friends, he's awesome. He's the most respectful human being on the planet. You're going to love him. He's just happy because he wants to be a part of my life. And he loves meeting people that I'm talking to and that I'm dating. Like that's how he is. He's very brotherly when it comes to that. It's going to be awesome. And I went down the line and then I got to the point where I said, so this one here, uh, and then I stopped and I said, well, he's, he's kind of judgmental. And he's going to make jokes that aren't funny. And he's going to say some disrespectful, rude things, but he's going to think they're funny. And I went down this list. And then I said to myself, if somebody had to introduce me that way, would Mm -hmm. I feel like I was upholding my end of that friendship? And the answer was no. And that was a very painful time for me. But I started to ask myself that question of this simple, this simple but impactful question. Are the people in my life the best from my past or the best for my future? 
are these people in my life because we went to school together? We used to party together. We used to go to the gym together. We used to work together. Or are the people in my life based on this person will help me get to my goals? This this person will help me become a better human. That was a very difficult time because it involved me reallocating a lot of time, but it was it was allowing myself to finally see the truth. I think we all know. I really do. I think we all know at a deep level, this person is either really good for me, they're, they're neutral, they're net neutral, or they're negative for me. I think I finally had the necessity to say, you know what? I It's going to be hard enough for me to accomplish my goals, never mind with people who aren't necessarily helping me to get there. It was a very honest, transparent conversation and thought process I had with myself. Yeah, you really are those questions. I mean, talk about just changing your life all the time, those questions. Mm-hmm. I adore that question of how introducing everyone take the exercise of introducing your friends to someone else. And how are you introducing? Like, I love what you're like, well, and then just, well, kind of ignore what he's here right. over here. Like, he doesn't say the night and then ignore this and then ignore this. And he's going to say stuff. You're like, wow. Right. Really want to hang around with that person. It was embarrassing, kind of in a way. It was, and I don't have anything but love for this person. It's not like a, it's not a negative thing. I didn't want to, I didn't want to distance myself from that that person. But I realized that that's what holds most people back. That's Mm -hmm. what's stopping most of us from getting to our goals is the people we surround ourselves with. We just, Mm -hmm. we're afraid to be alone and, and it's completely understandable. Yeah. And there's some good research around kind of the, the, what is it? The five people you hang around with are kind of showing, um, who you're going to be and kind of how successful you'll be. And so there is something really important. It's why parents are always so concerned about who their children are hanging around with. Yeah. Cause we know, um, that, Oh, if you hang around those guys or girls or them, that's not going to go well for you. Yeah. Um, so I love that question that you, that you chose. We'd like action on this podcast. So everyone can take a note right now, like ask yourself those questions about your friends. Hmm. Um, so, so then what else? So you started to make these, the, the changes in your environment. How did you even know, like, how did you choose this kind of podcast topic? You were already kind of doing that, but like, how did you know, because you did bounce around um, on finding kind of what you wanted to do in this and the job that you're in. So how did you know, like, this is where I'm focusing this podcast, my work and my future career? Yeah, that's a great question. I realized that for most of my life, so the first podcast I started, it, it became the podcast we have today, but it was a little bit different in the beginning. I realized that for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously through the breakups that I had, through making the money and it not bringing happiness, through all the things that I had experienced, I realized that for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious, acutely aware, asking yourself why, digging into the layers. So my initial podcast was called the Hyperconscious Podcast. And my goal was to sit down with people and have deep conversations, very much like we're having today. Yeah. Because I believe awareness is the bottleneck to most people's success. It's the bottleneck to most people's view of the world. Because if you don't understand yourself at a deep level, it's very hard to understand the world. It's very hard to understand relationships. It's very hard to understand success. So that was my initial start. And I always wanted to help people. I didn't always know how, I didn't always know in what vehicle, but then I started the podcast. And what happened when Alan and I partnered up is 
Alan and I both grew up without fathers. So Alan's father passed away when he was two. I, again, I didn't meet my father until I was 27. And we both had a deep belief that holistic self-improvement was the way to better the world and trying to do it with no ego, trying to work so hard on our characters that we would be able to give advice with no ego. And it's just, this is our truth. And we're telling you this because we love you. And that is really how it, it shifted for us is our why power doubled because there was two of us, our core goals, our core values, and our core aspirations were very, very similar. And it became, okay, this is something that if we had when we were children, we might not have dealt with certain traumas that we dealt with. How do we help other people avoid it? And that's really when it started to, to take shape and become very, very specific. I, what I was just thinking with, first of all, amen, preach, love all self-awareness because it's right. So many of us just go through life unconsciously and don't ask those questions. Don't even know sometimes to ask the questions, maybe just have a little feeling of, but don't know why. And then just keep moving and then they retire and then they don't know what to do. So they just play a script that society has kind of told them, get married, have a kid, retire, move to Florida kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they don't know even why they're doing it. What is, because you've done so much, Kevin, what is maybe some of the top actions that you, that you personally have been through that you're like, these are the top things. And then also that you've heard through your a thousand interviews with people. The number one thing I believe is asking why. Mm. I really think, and I guess this is going to be a ask yourself all these questions episode, but (laughs) I, I really feel like every decision we make or don't make is based on a deeper reason. And if you don't understand the deeper reason, you can't necessarily stop yourself from doing it. So why am I hitting snooze? Why am I avoiding the gym? Why am I avoiding that difficult conversation with my partner? Why am I not asking for a raise at work? Whatever it may be, when you ask yourself that question and you force yourself to answer it, you'll be able to make a more effective aligned decision next time because you'll, your awareness will be a little bit higher. So that's number one. I think that's such an impactful thing to do. Yes. I think the second thing that a lot of people avoid or they don't do early in life is they don't reflect on their past. I know you are, you are not your past. And I understand that, but you are a product of the experiences that you've experienced. And I think many of us, myself included, assume that the future version of Kevin will fix everything. When in reality, you have to understand the past version of yourself to figure out why you are in the present. And then that'll help you adjust to the future version you want. So I would say, ask yourself why. And then I would say, do a real deep, reflective journey into your past and ask, what has shaped me into the human being I am today? What are the traumas? What are the the circumstances that have been positive? What are the experiences that have shaped me? I think that is such an important exercise because anything you can do to understand yourself better will help you understand everything better. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was just thinking, Kevin, you're so much advice in this only 23 minutes at this point. I was like, (laughs) oh my God, such like chalk packed of good advice. And I think that first question of why we talk a lot in the charge model about accuracy and getting to root cause and asking why. And to your point of ask why, why did I do that? Or why is that so upsetting to me? Um, Like why, when my husband does this, 
is it like really ticking me off? Mm. And it's not, you know, you've heard the, the people uh, um, say, well, it's not that the toilet paper, you're mad about toilet paper. There's something very, you know, that, that it goes the wrong way or something. There's something deeper than that. And so why is it that he ticked me off this morning? I was like, oh, maybe this is a real life example of Kevin. But I was like, because he wasn't listening. You know what I mean? It was because you just didn't listen and I wasn't, I didn't feel seen. And then like, oh, that's it. It's not about like the bacon in the oven or something like that. And so how do you, how do you kind of ask those questions? And then um, I love that you talked about the past because you're not beholden to it, but if you don't understand it, you will repeat the same patterns. And we see that family dynamics and family structures all the time. And, and that homeostasis that the family kind of wants to keep you at a certain place um, in an unconscious way. And it's really hard to kind of break free of some of that and, and think about what, how that's impacted you. And like you said, even the traumas have completely, like maybe if you did know your father earlier, you wouldn't have been this thousand plus podcast trying to help people because you have, this is part of your journey. If Kelly and I didn't have what happened in our past, we might not be on this podcast. We might be doing different things. So you have to kind of embrace the good and the bad of your past to understand what you're going to do in the future. Yeah. Is, I, um, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I think one of the, one of the interesting understandings that you gotta you gotta reflect on, and at least it would benefit you to reflect on. You ha- you don't have to do anything, but asking yourself what is normal. Mm-hmm. A lot of us say like, yeah, I had a normal childhood, but normal right. compared to what? Or you know, I had a pretty normal experience. What does that mean? Because oftentimes our current lives are reflections of what our old normals used to be. And until you reflect and say, wait, it's not it's not normal to have arguments like that all the time mm-hmm. or it's not ideal or it's not necessary. I, I asked my wife this recently. I said, we, we had like a, a little minor disagreement. And I said, on a scale of like on a Richter scale of one to 10, how heavy was that for you? Like, how much did that impact you? How much did that, that hurt you? How much did that take you off of your mood for the day? And she said, Oh, it was probably like a one or a two. And I said, Oh, that was like a five for me. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Me understanding that understands that that's a good place for me to look and there's growth for me there. That'll help me understand myself and us as a, as a couple at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I, um, I want to see Kelly. I feel like I'm going to take all your questions, Kelly. So I'm going to try to stop because I'm like, Ooh, I have some more, but I'm like, I I remember Kelly and I were talking after our last podcast and she's like, I wrote these questions and you kept asking them. (laughs) Oh, Oh, so I'm going to be quiet, Kelly, um, because it's such a beautiful podcast that we've already had with Kevin. So what are your, what are your reflections and thoughts? Speaking of reflections and questions, (laughs) the theme of wonder. I wonder, Kevin, when you are going through and you're asking yourself these questions and you're having those moments of self-awareness and you're feeling uncomfortable, one of the things that sometimes people will say is, what do I do when I am uncomfortable? What do you do in those moments of being uncomfortable? Yeah, that is a that is a layered question, a wonderful question. I try to lean into the understanding that yes, this is uncomfortable, but it is also more true than it was before. And ultimately, the truth is what I need to operate off of. And then I think this is this is an important thing too. If you get a piece of truth that hurts you, it doesn't necessarily have to hurt your self-worth. 
if you can if you can differentiate between an experience and a quote unquote success and a quote unquote failure and a new piece of awareness, if you can differentiate that from your self-worth, I think that helps you take that feedback in a different way. Um, I had a conversation with my business partner with Alan the other day. The, the awareness I have had over the last five years is Alan is vastly smarter than I am. And I'm not saying that just to be humble. He just is. He's, his IQ is higher than mine. His brain capabilities are higher than mine. In the beginning, that hurt me tremendously to think about because I assumed well, that makes me less. That means I'm not smart. That means I'm not worthy. It lowered my self-worth. When now the fact that I can actually admit that because it is accurate, I believe that helps my self-worth because I'm confident enough to do it. So I think that you have to understand that just because you have a new awareness that might hurt you doesn't mean it has to hurt your self-worth. It can hurt you emotionally, but it doesn't have to shake you to the core of who you are as a human being. No, it's incredibly great wisdom and i think that's sometimes part of the part of the challenge for people is if i ask myself those questions i'm bound to feel uncomfortable and it's just easier to not face it than it is to actually do the work mm. so i love what you just shared because it does give people an additional action and something that they can tangibly experience, um, in terms of what to do next. Um, and, and I, I as a follow up to that, was there at any point, did you seek therapy? Did you go seek professional help? Did you do a lot of this on your own? Yeah, I actually, so that the suicidal ideations that I had, that was probably the second or third time I had them. And mm. the first time I had them, I told my partner at the time and, and she said, I think you should go to therapy. I think it would be very helpful. And I did. I went to therapy. It was downtown Boston, which is already anxiety provoking. And I mm. parallel park my car on this main road, feed the meter. And then I begin the hike up this spiral staircase in this old brownstone style Boston building and the the stairs are creaky and I am terrified. And I remember sitting in the waiting room and I was thinking to myself, first of all, I don't know this person. I don't want to cry. I don't want to look weak. I don't want to, I don't want any of that to happen. Yes, I cried a hundred percent, but I remember something that I, I was so afraid to do actually became something that I was excited to do because I always felt better after therapy. So I went to therapy for a short time I am looking forward to going back in the future. That is something I have a very positive relationship with. But much of this work I have done with myself and with with mentors behind the scenes. And I think at a deep level, much of this is because I now realize I do not want to get results beyond my character. I need to make sure my character can sustain the future results I'm going to have or like the sitting on the edge of the bed after making that money, I'll end up losing it all and realizing this isn't what I'm capable of sustaining. It's amazing. And I'm just so grateful to your friend, A, for picking up the phone, to, to Alan, your mentor, yes. for picking up the phone at that moment. And for you to be able to have the presence of mind to make the call. Mm because it could have been a very different story. And we may not have been talking to you in this moment, mm -hmm. Kevin. So various reasons why I'm grateful um, to be talking with you. Um, and it just, it makes me tear up because I think about how many people might now be facing similar situations in life where they're unfulfilled 
They don't know what to do. They don't know who to call. There maybe isn't a Kevin in their life, or maybe there is, and they're not sure how to make that um, that first reach out. What would you do? What would? How would you preface it to someone who is maybe in that situation you were, where there's ten TV sets going in the, in your head? How would you advise someone who's maybe in that same moment that you were when you were 26? It's such a it's such a hard thing to to speak to because I know everybody has different circumstances and everybody has different traumas. This is usually what I tell people. And because I think this cuts right to the point. We interviewed somebody on the podcast. His name is Kevin Hines. Kevin Hines jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and was intending on taking his life. And he said this on the podcast. He said, the second I jumped and nothing was touching the bridge anymore, I had massive regret about what I had just done. And luckily he survived, which is a miracle. And now he is using that as the platform to spread the message for mental health and and asking for help. But I really think that's what it is. It might seem like it's the end or it might seem like nothing can change, but it's not going to happen overnight. If you can just make one small pivot, um, understand that where you are today is not necessarily where you have to be forever. Understand that there are a lot of people out there that care about you. Maybe they haven't showed it, but it doesn't mean that they don't care. That's probably more something within themselves than you. So it would be that. It would be understand that there are people that care about you, but maybe they just haven't had the opportunity to impact you at the level that you want to be impacted yet. I, I really the reason I talk the way I do is because I don't ever want somebody to think what I have is out of reach for them because it's not because five years ago, I didn't think I could have what I have today either. So I try to speak through example, but I always tell that story about Kevin Hines because you, most of us don't get the opportunity to talk to somebody who's tried to take their life. Never mind something from, you know, that that extreme to where he is today. So yeah, I would say that's a great, it's a great story. It's a great piece of perspective. And it's a great awareness builder that there are people who didn't make it. And at the end of the day, they probably wish they did. And you can, 100%. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. Of course. And one of the quotes I've taken away from this podcast among many, Kevin, is what you said very early on, which is, I believe that in challenge comes progress. Hmm. And that it's about just continuing to fight through every day, the small wins, it might be just getting out of bed, it might be just waking up, it might be just the small things that you do for yourself, um, to just a care for yourself, but just know that it's worth it for you to take the next breath. Mm. Um, And so thank you so much for sharing your incredibly powerful story, um, for giving us all a reason to push forward, and to continue our journey of self awareness. Uh, It's one of the themes that uh, has continued to circulate throughout our podcast um, and certainly is circulating throughout yours, Kevin. Um, And so I certainly recommend that everyone listen to your podcast. We'll include a link um, to your podcast, Kevin, in our show notes so people can um, certainly listen to it. Um, Thank you, Kevin, so much. And again, thank you to Alan for uh, taking the call that day and for you, of course, making the call to him. 
so grateful to you for for sharing your story with us. Thank you both for having me. It was truly, truly wonderful. And the fact that Alan can be here on the podcast with us, even though he's out doing other work, uh, truly, truly means the world to me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.